Version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 256. Are you sure, Dan? I'm positive. I'm All right, good. good. I am. I am so sure that I'm just positive. Very positive today. Considering all the shit that's happening in the world, I am positive. See this pin? I like this pin. Just as you're not positive. Beacon I'm, of positivity. I'm very positive. You guys are not feeling it. That's okay. Mm, I'm one hundred percent positive. I'm tired of all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's gone. That's positive. Jeez, yeah, I'm guys, positive. Justin's on. not here. <laughs> Super positive. positive. Justin, Nick, and Jesse and Sage are here. What's going on, dudes? So Just tell me how you voted, so we can ridicule you in public. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you do not want to answer that question. Nope. Jeez, you guys. Well, did you see Ric Flair wrote himself in? I actually wrote myself in in a couple spots where I did had no clue. I was like, um, like local elections. I'm like, wow, I, there's a lot of shit I didn't do research on, and I don't want to. I don't want to just blindly vote for somebody. So I wrote myself in on two, two or three different. Yeah. Unfortunately, Thanks. my Dan for President campaign didn't take off. Didn't take so, off like you. You should have started yeah, you, it a week. You probably earlier. got a f- yeah. You probably got a few votes. I did get a few supporters <laughs> for you, but yeah, nothing, nothing major. Obviously, did you guys? I don't remember if this this was in the primaries, uh, and I think it was in Ohio. But somebody started a D's nuts campaign. Yeah, it actually got a percentage of the vote, and I think it was in Ohio. So, so it was a write-in. These nuts, oh, and they man. have to say it. That's yeah, the best part. Yeah, they did. It was awesome. <laughs> so it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy few days. Um, I haven't. I mean, I haven't done anything heli-wise, but um, of course, the big elections have happened, and and half of us think the world is crumbling, and the other half of us think the world is is saved. So. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of somewhere right in the middle. I don't, you know, and I don't. Uh, I mean, I've got my own personal things, and everybody does. And I've, frankly, when it comes right down to it, I don't. I really don't think that any of them have our best interests in mind. And I don't. Things might get a little better. They might get a little worse. But you know what? Four years later, the same thing's going to happen. Yeah, we'll be doing it's, it again. It, oh, it'll it'll yeah. just. Con- so it is what it is, and for those of you who didn't uh, get your selection, that sucks. For those of you who did, congratulations, but for fuck's sake, let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's you know fly. I mean? let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on. So anyway, yeah, I, um, I'm finally starting to get into this night groove thing, and I, I, but I really feel like it's fucking with my, um, 
my ability to do shit during daylight hours. And I, I, I guess that's to be expected. So, and I'm doing 50 hours a week. They, they tried to get me to do 60, but there's just no way in hell that's happening. But, uh, so as this week comes through, um, I don't think any of you guys know this, but I, I was on another podcast this week. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I got asked to do an interview, short one. And, um, I did it on, uh, Right, right before I went to work on Sunday, and uh, it was that for that uh, you guys have heard of it. I think the Freefall podcast. No idea how it turned out. Seemed like a pretty good group of guys. Um, we'll we'll see. Um, I really tra- talked a lot of shit about uh, Nick and Justin and Jesse, and yeah, a little bit, little bit yeah. about Sage because you know it's got to be a little, a little more gentle. Thoroughly, Sage, it. He, oh, I appreciate the thoughts, <laughs> but now it. It was pretty good. I, I'm I'm curious to to. Of course, it'll be out tomorrow. So and it's Thursday now, and of course, when you hear this, it'll have been out. So hopefully, I didn't make too big of an ass out of myself. But as far as Helly's, oh my gosh, I just um, I'm kind of resigned to. I mean, it's winter. I wake up to 30 degrees, and I'm supposed to get snow this week, and and it's cold as hell, and. How does the sunset or sunrise and sunset times like line up with your work schedule? Well, now it's actually not bad okay. since Sunday night. Um, so actually, and here's what I'm here's what as I'm getting more used to this night shift thing. What I'm finding is before it was like I would work all night and I'd get home in the morning and I'd just be tired as shit because it was like it was a rejection of the normal rhythms, right? Mm-hmm. I'm finding now that I come home and it's like coming home uh, in the evening and I don't really, I'm like, yeah, I need to get to sleep just to make sure that I get some sleep, but I'm not, like, I'm not real tired. So now that the time has changed, you know, prior to last Sunday, it was dark as hell when I left and dark as hell when I, when I, when I was coming home. But now that uh, you know, it's basically by the time I get to the field, which is an hour away from work, it's light enough to fly. So mm. I can see, I can say for, yes, I'm going to take advantage of that and go flying, but I, you know, fuck. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, let's face it. You can say it, but. Yeah. I can say it all day long and I can get excited about it, but I mean. At some point, I'm just going to have to say, you know what? You just fucking do it. You got plenty of room. Even if it's only a battery or two, you know, you got the, the 770 and the 570 to fly right now. Essentially, just one battery for one and two for the other. Three flights, stop in. What's, you know, that's not yep. going to take a long time. Don't have to pack anything. Don't have to have the generator, just the radio and the, and the helis. So why not? Yeah, quick, you know, 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. And, and that's what I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to uh, psych myself up to do. So we'll see how that goes. You're not going to die in 25 minutes. You're right. Mm. You're right. And it's and it's three flights a day, right? That's pretty good. That's for, you know. That's exceptional. Yeah. So anyway, A plus. Yeah. 
and then I can get home and I can actually just, I can put my charging case here inside mm-hmm. and just get home and right before I head to work, charge them up and they're good to go. Shit. I see a plan developing here. There you go. Now execute. Execute. That's the hard part for me. <laughs> yeah. It's the execution. It's all, I, I'm all about the, I'm all about the plan. planning and the, you know, figuring out the logistics, making sure I've got a sandwich ready. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a cup of coffee. Like the important stuff. <laughs> a cup of coffee, maybe Fry a Coke and a smile. And you know, the, Make sure that the the Copenhagen mint is there, but I mean, I get all that shit ready, and then I'm just like, ah, fuck it, I'll have the sandwich here, and then a coke and a dip. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll go flying, smoking a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> I would. It's like, do I want to go home and play Fallout Four for an hour before I go to sleep, or do I want to go flying? That's a real dilemma, you guys. That's a real. Honest to go. You guys think some of some voters had dilemmas this last week? <laughs> no. You guys don't. Wow. I am full. I'm I'm like, I need to start buying Fallout 4 stuff to hang in my house. That's how Fallout 4 I've become. So well Dan, wow. according to the plan, you could fly for 25 minutes and still have 35 minutes to play Fallout once you got home. Yeah, but see, you got to add in the the transition time. You got to add in the the driving time and then, you know, the the petting the cats in the morning time and feeding the cat. It's clear. We get it. We get it. Never mind. (laughs) I'm I'm dropping it. (laughs) Petting the cats, flogging the dolphin, you know. Swearing at the cats, whatever. All that stuff that just needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, well, pretty soon the the weather's going to try and dictate your your time. So, you know, well, and that's the, that is another thing too. Because on the way home, although today was not, it was cold as shit. It was thirty, right at thirty degrees, but it was sunny. But here, you know, pretty soon it's it's going to be shit at seven o'clock in the morning. It, you know, it's going to be zero degrees pretty soon. So we'll see. That's that's another. <laughs> one more nail in the coffin but anyway. uh so yeah that's where uh that's where homeboy's at with uh, the whole flying thing i mean i love to think about flying helicopters it's awesome it's like th- thinking about winning the lottery just sit there and do it all day long <laughs> wow <laughs> this is, oh my goodness this is borderline embarrassing <laughs> It's the truth, man. I come here, speak the truth. So that's me. What's going on with you guys? Everyone knows that I am not fond of changing things up. Something's working for me, I stick with it. Recently, I decided to try a new Revelectrix PowerLab 8. And as you'll hear the guys on the show say from time to time, you just don't know what you don't know. The PL8 is a powerhouse, and if that isn't enough for you, well, why don't you check out the Dual Power Lab 8? Now, the coolness doesn't end there. You want to get even more sexy? Go get your bump on. Bump charging is the future. Don't believe me? Well, then you know nothing, John listener. Find out more.
more information at www.revelectrics.com. Wow, I flew. I did. Bring us back. Yeah. uh, Unlike you, I... I don't even know what to say to any of that. <laughs> any of that. No, I got out and flew. Saturday morning I got up. Uh, didn't have a lot of time because we were heading down to, to Seattle for the weekend. But, um, yeah, it was going to be ugly and drizzly and rainy. It was. And it was. <laughs> and I said I didn't care. It, you know? I, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to get out there and and do it. I've really been trying to to do that uh, for myself, even if I don't feel like. And oddly enough, I shouldn't say oddly enough. As expected, I never want to go, but I'm always glad on the way. Yeah, home. and that's the way it goes for me all the time. It's like, oh, it's just, okay, except let's I go. go and you don't. Well, but when I do, I'm. <laughs> It's like and the I same do. thing, Dude, man. I flew last week. So, oh, did you? Okay, you. good. So fuck you, Nick. <laughs> okay? Jeez. <laughs> Nick, so, I, you I, know, it's the same thing. I, I do want to point out, so you, you mentioned it was, you know, a little bit a little bit of rain, some, some drizzling. We had two and a half inches of rain last Saturday, so you must be like a ninja, man. It, so there was, That's a lot of rain. There, well, It was a... Freaking ton of rain! All the not in the morning. Yeah. In the morning uh, in Bellingham, it was not okay. that bad. It wasn't consistent. I know out at home because I know I, t- I texted you and I'm like, dude, how did you get out? Because at home it was just solid. No. But no, okay. it was like misty drizzle. Spotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it okay. was constant. But I was, you know, I just said, hey, I, I, I gotta make this shit happen. Like this is my shot because I'm gonna be gone in Seattle the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. I had plans to get up the mountain on Monday, uh, on my Monday day off. So it was like, well, you know, if we're going to get out and get some flights in and try and be consistent, now is the time. And I did, and it was good. Wasn't great. Felt a little repetitious, to be quite honest. But, you know, I'll take it. I'll take those couple, couple marks. Past that, that was it. I mean, like, I, what? I have a question. So on, on your, I know, I know you've been doing the low speed thing. So yes. is that still, is that just limited to one helicopter? Have you started setting other helis up to do that now? I'm, uh, I am know, actually, acro- across the fleet or, you know, oddly enough, I haven't touched, I haven't touched the 570 since our fun fly. Okay. Um, no, oh, I take that back. Maybe a couple flights, mm-hmm. but n- no, not really. I just, you know, I kind of really got the 700 all dialed in. I got the 770 all dialed in uh, for the low head speed and the tail, you know, kind of tuned and that sort of a thing, and then never got to fly it because it, it went to Dan. But I I guess I've just been kind of back on a 700 kick. It just feels really right. Like yeah. I'm I'm just having a great time flying it. So, and then usually, like what I find when I got to the field and I do like the low head speed flights or working on the precision stuff. At the end of the day, like that last flight or the last couple flights, do you still find yourself cranking the head speed back up, or is it just 
constant and you're like, okay, I thought I, I'm good. Or do you feel you still need that, like throw it around hard 3d? Nope. Not at all. Actually not at all because it's, it's different. Like, I feel like it's different when you take to take the time to really tune the helicopter for the lower head speeds. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you're sacrificing. Yeah. You really don't like, you know, you don't have to, I, it's really shocking how hard I can be on it. Like you don't have to baby the tail, which, you know, or you don't have to baby uh, the head. V-bar gov? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> once I got that, once I got that whole deal figured out, you know, with the, uh, with that opto cable to fix the mm-hmm. RPM output on the version four hobby wings. Man, yeah, there's no way I'm going back. Like, no way. It's smooth sailing forward. Now, with the exception of the 380, because it's, dude, it, Mini V-Bar just needs to die. Like, and just go away forever. It really does. Because it's just, it's a complicated deal because you need to get the power and the ground Back into the same bus. Oh, you mean you don't have a Neo on there? No, I don't. Gotcha. No, it, that one's still on a Mini. And that weird Y harness type. Well, yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. And, yep. and that's just what totally sucks about it is that I've got away from that, and now you're putting them back in, and it's like, oh, I'm just I'm over it. But I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm wait. <sighs> Honestly, I'm kind of waiting for a new case. Like, I really want them to do something with the Neo cases. Mm. Make them what? That'd be cool. More like robust. Tougher, more robust. Yeah. I'm like aluminum. <laughs> anything, you know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I started Nick making a, a Neo case on a CNC machine. Oh, I, I broke an old one and I started. I just haven't had a chance to finish it yet. Uh, there's been rumors that they were going to do something. Hmm. Um, I just, I don't know if like, I don't know the way that it's designed. If you can just plop it in a case or if there are components that are exposed. Yeah. I had a, I've got a retired electrical engineer friend uh-huh. that, that um, is, that helped me put that together. I don't know the details of it because it's still kind of up in the air, but he took a look at that for me to see if we could, Figure all that out. Make sure you're not going to short something out on the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be my luck. I'd case would sit across like 13 <laughs> pins on the bottom. Magic and- smoke. <laughs> yeah. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I left an Oxy with you. Have you had a chance to, it's got a mini V-bar in it, and that's kind of what made me think of it. Have you had a chance to do anything with that, or are we still kind of waiting for some batteries to fit in it? Yeah, I actually, um, I got the batteries. I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't soldered them up and I was getting real motivated to do it. Uh, that's why I went ahead and bought, and I just got some cheap ones to mess right. with the, with the sizes. I just bought some off a, off a Hobby King, kind of a couple different sizes. <laughs> and then to be quite honest, you, you kind of got hosed because they announced that, or, well, shouldn't say they announced that video came out with a new goblin. And I was right. like, oh, well, <laughs> I, I 
if I'm going to put a know, bunch of time into a little one, I'll put it into mine and I'll get one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and look, I uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I was never really, and, and this is not a slight against you oxy owners out there because I know you're out there in full force and those of you that, that have it, love it. And I get that. But I have that oxy um, for the sole purpose that I got, I just, I had it an amazing deal on it that I just couldn't pass up. I mean, I have a tendency to do that. I mean, I'll, I'll buy shit that I don't necessarily need or want, but if the price is so good, it's just like, I maybe someday I'll want this and I'll look back and say, I should have bought it when I had the chance. So I, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm anxiously awaiting your thoughts on it, on the oxy, <laughs> but at the same time, I, you know, a little interested. Well, and now that think. I say it out loud, you know, now that I say it out loud, it's kind of like, well, what better? I mean, I yeah, still comparison. don't know. Yeah, I really, I still don't know exactly what size that new goblin is. So, I mean, I should probably get some time in on the Oxy and at least have a good feel for what it's capable of, how it flies, so that, you know... If I get the other one, I'll actually be able to say I, I should do that. I mean, I really should, especially now that I say it out loud. It kind of At least makes for a, a comparison. lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, and now's mm-hmm. the time to do it because I can. What's appealing about that, and Dan, you know, well, all you guys know except Sage. I mean, you've seen my front yard. I can fly that out in my front yard. Yeah, no problem. I mean, should I fly my seven hundred in the backyard? I think you could. You could fly that in your shop. Yeah. Hey, I did that. <laughs> no, I did the 250 in the shop for yeah. all you've winter. You've hovered a 500 in there too before. We sure. spooled up oh, lots yeah. of LAs in there. Oh, we spooled up <laughs> yeah. lots we of LAs. We spooled up a gasser in there. In yeah. the shop? Yeah. Did we? Remember, it was it was raining. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Lasted right. Like 15 seconds. We were seconds, breaking in your but... gasser motor, and I was like, oh, we'll just put it in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> it gets real loud in there. Really loud in the like, shop. <laughs> you think it's a great idea until you get it all the way spooled up and you're like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And then you close the door and just leave it open just enough so you can kind of see what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I I flew. We got to rewind the clock way back. But I spent an entire winter... On a T-Rex 250, I, I cleaned the shop totally up, like completely cleaned everything off to out of the floor and uh, swept it up really, really good and then put out, you know, four X's or five X's yeah. actually and spent a whole entire winter hovering a T-Rex 250 yeah. about a foot off the ground and so- and doing all of my little orientations across there. And loving so, the shit out of it too, right? It was, dude. Back it then, was, yeah. it was awesome times. It, it was like I, it flew like ass. I mean, it flew horrible. It was a fly bar T-Rex 250. I mean, what do you want, you know? And and those were like, that was before the era of even a somewhat remotely good tail servo for in that size. There was nothing. So Line the, tail gyro. Yep. Uh, f- what did I have on there? F- the seven fifty, seven eighty. The yep, yep. The Align. Yeah, the seven fifty. The DS seven fifty. I think. 
And, you know, it would sit in, it would basically sit in ground effect, just yeah. kind of sit there. And yeah. that was the purpose of it. I wasn't really focusing on collective. It was, you know, side in. Okay. Started out, do tail in. And I was doing kind of like crisscross patterns from one spot over the other, stop over the other, and standing in the middle. And then, you know, go uh, nose right and then do a big crisscross pattern. So, I mean, it's, and uh, I got to, <laughs> I crashed the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, half of the time I was flying, I actually stood behind uh, like a, a step ladder, a three foot or a four foot step ladder. So that, like, when it start to get out of shape, I would just duck down behind the ladder. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because it's like, to get a 250 to fly, you got to spin it pretty good. Yep. You know? And, uh... Oh, yeah. It, it was just, it was sketchy. Especially when it was, like, trying... I mean, you think about that. You're in a, you're in a shop, and it's, like, what I think it's 28 by 38, somewhere around in there. And and now you're going to take this T-Rex 250 up. You're going to turn it nose in. And you're going to attempt to fly it in a crisscross pattern, which out at the ends, like over the X's, you're no more than two and a half, maybe three feet from a workbench or a shelf or a lawnmower or a wall (laughs) or something like that. So it, but the good part was, is that, you know, the crashes were never really that bad. Uh, they weren't that dangerous. And a lot of the times I could just kind of panic and hit throttle hold and set it down. Yeah. To, uh, to, to add on to that a little bit. So I was actually, it, what a coincidence this last week I was looking through my phone and I actually found my, the video of my first helicopter flight. And it was the same situation. It was over at Kayla's parents' house in their garage with a flybar T-Rex 250. Even had the nice, you know, uh, landing gear, the ping pong ball deal going on. Oh yeah, with yeah, yeah. Blue X's on the ground, and uh, yeah, I pulled back up the video of my first ever flight when it when it left the ground and you hovered to, it around in the garage. You need to post that. You need to post. That. I, I should. And what's what's funny is like the the blue X's up until they just sold that house like six months ago. Those X's were still on the on the garage floor. I actually took them off right before they sold the house. But yeah, I found that in my phone. So that was as well as a bunch of videos flying at the park, the four fifty, the kind of up through the my first backflip, all that type of stuff. So. Kind of interesting going back through seeing some of that this week, but same same situation. Have you made the switch yet? Well, if you haven't, then you need to get on the ball. Brought to you by Burt Camera of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are the perfect way to complete that perfect heli setup. From 250 to 800 class blades in precision and aggressive 3D versions, and with tail blades and night blades too. Switch blades give you a large variety of options to get your heli flying the way you want to. Head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com, give them a try today, and I'm sure you'll make the switch.
get in on this. Damn it. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Had nothing but time, dude. We kind of run the show. <laughs> so, I, um, I, you know, thinking about these little stories, I got a quick one, and I, I probably have said this before, um, but it has to do with those first first few flights. And I remember um, I got the JR Vibe tested out with Jason J up in, in, in uh, up near Coeur d'Alene, um, up actually where right where Dieter's Fun Play is. I went up there and spent some time with him. And he flew it, and then I got one short, short hover, uh, literally just a few seconds. So I brought it home, and the next day I went down – to uh there's a church about a mile away from it. it's got a huge parking lot went down there and asked him for permission told him that i'm just you know just learning i'm not you know just i'm just gonna stay just a few feet off the ground just right in the parking lot is, is it okay and they're like oh yeah sure sure so i call a friend of mine and he comes down and i'm like dude you gotta come check this out i i got this this uh this huge huge helicopter, right? And it, I got it running. I had a friend check it out. It's all working. I said, I'm going to go fly it. And I want, I, you know, I want you to come down and watch it with me. And so he's there and I get it started and I got it up in the air in a hover, uh, you know, 30 feet out there, maybe a foot or two off the ground. And I just, I just remember saying, holy shit, I'm flying this thing. Can you believe it? And it's just drifting all over the damn place. And it starts to drift and I didn't really, I kind of, I mean, I knew how to, I, you know, theoretically I knew how to keep it from drifting, but I was so focused on how cool it was sitting in the air (laughs) that I really wasn't paying super close attention to where it was. I I mean, I knew that I was kind of drifting towards a utility shed, (laughs) (laughs) A, a brick utility shed. But I didn't think I was that close. I mean, I really, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it'll, it's fine. And so I'm like, but, but you know, start bringing it back. And I wasn't bringing it back. It's like I was afraid to, to really reef on any sticks because I didn't really know what, you know, I was like, uh, come on, come on back, you know, and it's just not happening. And then all of a sudden it just exploded. This was like maybe a minute and a half into my first, first solo, like, by myself, you know, with a friend there, but by myself as the helicopter guy flight, it hit the, it just, it just drifted right into a brick building, a brick utility <laughs> building where they put their lawnmowers. Dude, it just blew the fuck up. And I'm like, my first thought was shit. I wasn't even concerned about the helicopter. I'm like, God. So I run over to the building and it didn't even hardly make a mark. I mean, it, you could see where the blade hit, but um, n- no damage. But man, that that's that's fun. Those kind of stories are fun. I, I mean, it just blew the shit. I mean, I blew that thing apart. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. okay. So now, since we've completely destroyed uh, the whole the whole layout of the show, so my first was at um, there's a there was a school. Uh, let's see, Jesse. Do you know King Street in Bellingham? Mm-hmm. Uh, up from Harbor Sales, you go that school that's up, kind of toward Sunset. Yeah, so, like yeah. everyone else is going to know this, but I'm, yeah. I just I need Very someone. Specific. Yeah, yeah, they they you. have those those outdoor covered like play areas, basketball yeah. areas. It's an elementary yeah, like school. the little half court type deals. All yeah, yeah. Off the back. yeah. So this, I it was my CP Pro. Okay. 
the blade C no the blade CP not even the CP Pro the CP lasted two flights and then I bought a Pro because apparently that was why I thought I crashed it because it didn't have a good gyro on it like didn't the, have the Pro <laughs> yeah it, didn't have, it wasn't yeah, the Pro version. didn't say Pro it wasn't the Pro so Obviously. yeah same thing. Uh, no sim. I mean, no nothing. Just the ping pong ball deals and this Blade CP Pro. And man, I would kind of hover it around in there and slide it around. And then uh, I think it was like the second flight. I was, you know, got it up in the air. And I'm like, yeah, look at this. And my buddy Lynn was there, and he's like, okay. Bring bring it down just a little bit, down just a little bit. And I was just so concerned about, you know, not hitting a wall, which, my God, I'm in like this 80 foot by 80 foot covered area. But hitting a wall was still a very big possibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest, I don't even know if I could hover one of those things now. I mean, they were horrible, horrible to fly. Uh, yeah, drove it straight into the ceiling, and it was just like a freaking sprinkler of parts. It was amazing <laughs> with those wooden blades and oh, splinters, yeah. and it was just poof, it was gone. So then I went and bought the CP Pro and convinced myself it flew much better, and it still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I have pictures somewhere. Of me hovering that outside, that CP Pro with the landing gear on, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, and then from there it was up to a, oh, man, big improvement. I went to a Blade 400. Because that's <laughs> nice. what, that's what at the time the big boys flew. That's where it was at. Yep. <laughs> the 400, and like you really pimped it out. If you put some, uh, okay, bear with me, HS65MG servos in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know those. Yeah, where the, finally for once, like those E-Flight servos were so horrible. Oh, they were horrible. But the 65s, they really wouldn't break, not in those all plastic helis. You know, you'd destroy the whole rest of the helicopter and then your servos would be good. Servos are good. Yeah, I remember sending good. you some of those, Nick, a long time ago that were that were haunted. What the hell? Remember I, because, so I had some of those from a club member that passed away. Mm-hmm. And I sent them to you to put into something. This was years ago. And, um... I can't remember what you put them in, but you're like, dude, I, I think your buddy cursed these servos. Oh, I didn't put them in anything. I bench tested them all. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, and yeah. they were like, oh, wait a minute. Didn't he, didn't he plug like a 3S pack into them instead of a 2S pack or something? Because they did some really yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, he had them stuff. in a... Um, he had them originally in a, in a, a line 450 SA, which was like the first aluminum framed like RTF. Like SA. the first. Uh, yeah. SA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and then he had a, a, a 
401 Jarrah. Bad timing. Oh, yeah. Bad timing, Nick. No 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 ethnic jokes. Yeah, it's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Interesting stuff. Anyway, it is, it's we fun, digress, though. but that's Man, fun. those were horrible. Like those I, uh, yeah, I remember just driving shit in all the time. All well, I remember, time. and I I know I've said this before, but I remember for the first three months of the hobby, after I got the JR550, crashing every day, coming home one day, sitting in my driveway thinking, I actually called Jason and I had a conversation, like I needed a pep talk. I remember sitting in my truck and I'm sitting in the driveway and this is three months of crashing every day. And I'm like, Do you, is it? Do you, should you really be pursuing this hobby? I mean, you think I was I crash a lot. I was no. I mean, I'm I'm having this. First of all, I'm having like, this conversation. With me. I'm having this conversation with myself first before I call him. I mean, I'm sitting there like in my truck, engine off, hands on the steering wheel, looking forward blankly and thinking to myself, "Is this hobby for you? I mean, seriously, <laughs> is this really something that you really? Because you're crashing every day, and is this something that? Because you know, I. I didn't do Sims or, or anything. And it was all, you know, nitro, you know, 50 size nitro machines. And it was frankly getting expensive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fucking expensive. But he was like, yeah. well, I mean, he was, he was like really kind of upfront about it. He's like, well, uh, he says, yeah, I mean, if you're not having fun, you know, get rid of it. But he said, if it's something you want to do, if it's something you want to, you know, get over, then no, don't quit. I mean, I literally, three months in, almost walked away. With flying season in full swing, in midsummer right around the corner, one of the most important things to me is getting parts quickly. There's absolutely nothing worse than being out at the field all weekend, banging out the flights only to end the weekend with a crash and to know that you might not be able to get the parts in time to have your heli ready for next weekend. I always look for parts at LowerHeli.com as they have excellent customer service and, of course, fast shipping. I know that as soon as I place an order, Ken is on it. So for all your parts needs, be sure to check out LowerHeli.com. See, man, I, I got... After the... Once I got past the... The CP Pro thing and the the Blade, after the Blade 400, I picked up a 450 Pro and I had gotten the Sim slightly before that. And this was when the T-Rex 450 Pro just came out. It's like it. Oh, it was, oh my God. That was it. Like, it was the, it was the ultimate 450. All the problems that everyone had had were like, they were all solved with that helicopter, supposedly. And I mean, I, that thing was just like my baby. And, you know, I put a ridiculous amount of flights on that (laughs) and never crashed it. I put, uh, what did I put? Oh, I had T-Rex 500 landing gear on it for a while. That that was torque tube, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I stripped a couple. You know, landing hard because I was still just learning, but I never actually like you know crashed the helicopter, and uh, yeah, man, it was it was just dude, 
So solid. That was great. A lot of flights. And then even when I went to the 600, I put 350 flights on that T-Rex 600 Nitro before I crashed it. Mm. Uh, And I crashed it doing TikToks down low. And I laughed about it because it was like, well, you know, I had this one coming a year ago. And then I got it back up running and I uh, crashed it doing the exact same thing the very next flight. (laughs) (laughs) And was devastated because that, that one, time it hurt. Yeah, that time it really hurt because that was when it was like, yeah, I was into the whole customization phase. I mean, dude, I took my tail box, like the whole tail box, and polished it and smoothed it all out. And I mean, everything on that heli was just like pimped to the to the you know, it was just like flawless and perfect. I remember that heli. That was a good heli. I had stretched it too, a little bit, just a little bit. I remember why. I remember still finally making the switch from, because I went from the, the 250, which lasted for maybe only like 40, 50 flights, and then I found someone to trade me for a T-Rex 450, the SEV2. And I remember putting a ton of flights on that helicopter and having quite a few batteries too, so I could just kind of load everything up, head down yeah, to the, yeah. the park close by, and get in, you know, six, eight flights. I remember finally transitioning over from the the wooden blades to the carbon fibers. It was oh, a, a painful right. day going. <laughs> okay, I you know seeing them flex in flight and finally doing you know, <laughs> flips and rolls and getting into the three D thing and just going, yeah, these, these are not working. That was, uh, I, I still remember that one going, man, blades just got a whole lot more expensive. <laughs> what were you flying when I, I had my T-Rex 600? Well, so from the 450, I went up to the 500 and then that was the helicopter where I did the conversion with the RJX head and then the Align 3G. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, and then I remember flying the, the first time we flew that 500, I flew that 500 with the 3G. We were down in like, Burlington area, I want to say we we went down south somewhere to a to a field, uh, Mount Vernon area. It wasn't all the way down to J- to Justin's field. Was it the or soccer field, or was it a field no, that was we, faced up against a bunch of trees? Yeah, yep. yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, I that was I think the only time I ever went there. So that flew like crap. But before I got that out of my fleet, then I added the six HV. So it was probably somewhere right in that. 500, 6 oh, HV. Oh, the 6 HV, yeah, that's right. Time frame, which I put a lot of flights on that one, too. Don't mind us. We're just taking a... No, I think this is awesome. Taking man. a speed this... flight down memory lane here. I well, think, yeah, because uh... Nick did the... Nick probably did the test hover on the 250 before I ever flew it, because I, I met him before I really started flying, because that was kind of my... I mean, the, the, the whole 250 thing with, was your senior project. The, exactly. It? That was my senior yeah. project for my senior year of high school, so it was like, I don't you know, want to crash this thing. So went over, <laughs> went over to your place. I remember it just for some dumb luck, Troy had seen you flying out at public works yep. and went over, you gave that a once over. You probably hovered it in the shop. If I remember correctly, probably. <laughs> and then I took it home and then that's when I have the video of, yeah, hovering it in also a confined space for my first flight. <laughs> yeah. And I remember telling you like, dude, you're going to want a 450. Like these things yeah, suck. Make- that thing like, made no it. Offense, yeah, I think but these thirty really flights. Suck. You're really gonna hate this helicopter. Yeah, I think that made it like yeah, like thirty flights up to the four fifty. 
a couple hundred on that one and then yeah right up to the 500 so and that's where yeah, you really feel like oh man i'm flying a helicopter i still remember my first flight on the 500 going just like the legs just start shaking the handshake a little bit i mean oh okay, yeah let's take a step back from this one <laughs> now nah, the 500 is just man it was so, great i traded my 450 and my 250 for the 500 but i mm. got a used one and mine was a pile of shit i was pissed <laughs> that was the first time i ever got burned so i had to get it all fixed up and the pack sucked and he said they were good and it was just a disaster and yeah i i i don't think i put a ton of flights on my five man eh, maybe i did well i think I you guys are pussies because i went ahead immediately uh and got a helicopter with 850 millimeter blades <laughs> oh did, you know what though <laughs> yes okay so i am but that's right dan i went i very specifically remember this now before the 600 I went from a 500 to a Fury. Six, uh, the Fury, is was it the Expert? So the miniature aircraft Fury Expert with a YS-62 on 680 millimeter blades. That one didn't last long, though, did it? Is Or no, it was your, wasn't it? Oh, it was your Rave that... that- oh, fuck that thing. No, I really... <laughs> <laughs> the rave is the one yeah. that I rekitted on the maiden in the backyard. That's, that's, that's the, the one that I chopped my power lines in half that and then was... drove it into the concrete. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that Fury, I put some, I actually put a lot of flights on that. Like, I, I flew it quite a bit. I didn't build it. It was, it was literally just ready to go. I bought it used. I paid like 400 bucks for it and uh, painted up a really nice canopy for it myself. And, and I flew it. I mean, I contribute that helicopter to kind of just my forever desire to learn collective management. Because I remember the first time I, I learned how to do like, a, what was it? I think it was just like a tail slide. I came out of a tail slide and, and grabbed just a little bit of too much <laughs> on that tail slide, and that shit stopped. Like, me! <laughs> and I stalled it. Like, stalled the motor and everything and broke the skin. <laughs> the skins when it pounded into the ground. I was like, whoa, whoa. you could really do that. Yeah, it was bad. You know what else? You know what? Okay, no, wait a minute. Yeah, you know what other helicopter I did that to? Bogged it so hard I shut the motor off. <laughs> uh, um, man, I've owned a lot of helicopters now that I think about it. It was the Thunder Tiger Raptor. Which one was it? The Raptor SE? No. The the last Raptor fifty that they made, the Titan, was that it? Titan fifty. Uh, I think it was before that. No, okay, maybe not the last one, but the second to last. It was a red and white canopy. It was when the Redline fifty three motor came out. X fifty. Yeah, I don't think it was an X Sage. Huh. It was a half and half frame. Like half carbon fiber, half plastic, and they had hmm. horrendous main gear problems. 
that's the only reason that I actually didn't keep flying it is because they, uh, I mean, I was chewing through main gears left and right. They were just flinging plastic all over the side of the frame. But that one actually flew really, really nice. Had some quick, <laughs> I can't even say without a straight face, had some quick-ass paddles on it. <laughs> the side. <laughs> <laughs> the cyclic was really good. And I remember going out there, throwing it around, just like, yeah, this thing's freaking awesome. Yeah, and came out of, like, this big, huge tail slide. And just <laughs> yanked. I got, like, three handfuls. Shut that some bitch off. <laughs> Landed it right on the head. Nice. Oops. I think um, we got to hear from Sage for a little bit, but when I, wanted, I do want to say that... Um, you know, thinking about this kind of stuff, you know, back before we became jaded and, and uh, you know, start expecting too much out of machines and the hobby itself, you know, are just thinking about those first few days. And I, you know, one thing I remember, Nick, one of the first conversations you and I had, I was telling you about the, uh, the, uh, the 400 Ace, uh, Helimax, 400, 400. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, is that the one you flew into your lift gate? Seven seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Seven seconds. I had that thing in the air. So, but I remember. (laughs) I so that was the first machine that I ordered, and when it came in, it was a RTF essentially, right? It was ready to fly, and um, so it comes in, and I open the box, and I I'm sitting on the couch holding this machine, and it was my first real up-close look at an RC helicopter. And I remember, you know, all the gadgets, all the little parts, the fly bar, you know, all the cage, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting here holding it and I'm turning the head and I'm watching all these parts just kind of work in unison. And I'm just, I, was, I just remember, God, this, this is the coolest. This is the coolest thing ever. I mean, mm-hmm. this little machine yep. at the time, I'm thinking to myself, I almost don't want to, I, if I fly it, I'm going to break it. I almost don't want to do that. So, you know, you think back to, to that experience in the hobby. Yep. And it's really kind of the, the driving passion that kind of kept, that, that, that kept us in it first and foremost. But I think it's important to kind of relive those, those memories because as we progress and we start to expect so much out of the hobby and we start nitpicking, I mean, you compare machines from eight years ago to machines to today. If we would have had a machine of today, even the what, what some would consider to be the worst machine on the market today, compare it to a machine that was the best on the market, you know, eight or nine years ago, and you're, it's night and day difference, you know? Oh, man, it, it's not even, I, I don't even know how. Like, I really don't know how some of that stuff even flew. And, you know, I what what was fun about it was that the Hespies were so much lower, you know, so much lower. Because uh, nothing had power. Right. You know, I, I mean, absolutely nothing had power. So the head speeds were a lot lower. And that's what made it funny because you could get away with flying it with some really screwed up stuff and and it would actually somewhat fly 
because, you know, I, I mean, I remember going 10 flights before finding out, you know, I I wonder if my main shaft is bent, <laughs> you know, whereas like now we run such higher head speeds that it'll just eat itself alive. But I mean, you know, you'd go over to your buddies and you're like, he puts it up into air and you see him go by doing a pass with his 450. And it's like. Dude, you got one blade that's tracking like an inch and a half higher than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> he said, what? Huh? You know, we just, our tolerance for uh, for crap was so, was so much higher because there really was nothing. Right. You know, nothing it that was, was great. It was, it was, to recapture those moments, it's so hard to do these days. And, and. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, you know, it's it's fun to kind of revisit those thoughts, and especially with a group of friends. You know, we've been doing the show long enough that that as a group of friends that we we lived. Like I remember, we lived through some of these experiences together. I remember uh, one day Nick giving Nick a call, um, and this was years ago. And I was I was excited as a little schoolgirl. I mean, my voice probably was up an octave, and I did my first forced auto, and I was so fucking excited that I had to call somebody, right? Oh yeah. And I just remember <laughs> I was like, oh my god, and Nick was probably like, dude, fucking relax a little bit. But I'm like, hey, I just did an auto. I'd never done one before. It wasn't intentional. I had to pull it off under a stressful situation. And it's those kind of memories that just we we shouldn't forget them, you know. No. And it's it's fun to relive them. Didn't uh, you drive one auto into a fence post? Oh yeah, into trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cut. Oh, I've been. Dude, I um, there's a tree at my fo- my local field, and I pointed out every time I'm there to someone that's new. And I, when Jack came down, I pointed it out to him, and. I pointed it out to Thomas. If you look on the far side of the field, and I've even got pictures of it on on Facebook, there's a there's a group of four trees. <laughs> I don't know. At the time, they were probably 14 feet tall. It's like 14 feet. They were all planted at the same time. 14 feet, 14 feet, 14 feet, 10 feet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I was coming in uh, with an auto, and I was way, way off, and it just, I mean, these were small trees, right? So it just just completely levelly cut level cut the tree right off, and then I <laughs> uttered it into fence posts out there. Yeah, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's that's fun stuff, man. That is fun stuff, yeah. and it just brings you back to that time in the hobby when it was just, man, you just it was so exciting, you know. Yep. And it's tough, and it gets tougher and tougher. I think as we get older and, and as we progress, machines get better. It's gets to, to recapture that feeling. The childish what, feeling. what the hobby was at that time. Yeah. It gets yeah. tougher and tougher to recapture that. And it's yeah. fun when you can have those conversations with, with friends that you've grown in the hobby with. Um, and, and you're right you, there with you. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. Anyway, we're going to kind of try to get slightly back on track. <laughs> I know we're, we completely threw it, but what I want to do, um, Jesse, give us a quick rundown of, of what you did this week. Um, and then, Sage, I want you to do the same. But then, since you've been kind of quiet, I want to hear some of your first experiences as well. So, Jesse, what have you – what were you up to this week? You guys all know me. 
and you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, in hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max. I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800 class helicopter that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. First, you made an this assumption man there. Took me behind this building. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> wrong guy he first. He said was he that my weed or Sage? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. This is a tail boom. And that's how I met Nick Lay. <laughs> oh no, really? It's supposed to do this. Touch it here. Go. I I am assuming that you did something this week. Jesse. No, well you you said make it quick, so you're assuming I did very little. I, I am, Dan. I am. I'm assuming you worked. <laughs> wow. And, and wow. Yeah. No, that that kind of hurts, but probably accurate. So I'm not gonna <laughs> do too much crap. <laughs> uh, I did do. Okay, so fairly quick week. Not not a ton of stuff, but there was some heli stuff. So did get in a little bit of wrenching. Um, yesterday I had the opportunity to work on the Protus a little bit. So figured, you know, I was kind of looking through my, the, uh, the field box that I have and I'm like, and I, and I saw an extra Scorpion 4525, 520 ultimate motor in there. And that kind of rang the bell like, Oh crap. The motor that I have in my heli right now is actually Nick's motor. Um, cause if you remember back to when I was having some ESC, oh, yeah. well, what I didn't know was ESC issues at the time when I was having the shutdown issues. Um, it was like, man, I need to just start pinning stuff down and el- eliminating components. So I don't know if you pulled it from a helicopter, if you had it sitting around, but I know that I snagged that motor from you. So I was like, you know, now that I know it was a speed controller, it's like, why don't I just swap that thing back out? So went ahead and pulled Nick's motor, which they're, they're identical motors. So there's no, you know, no performance difference or anything. So pulled Nick's motor out and went ahead and got my original 4525-520 back in there, which God only knows how many flights that thing has on on it, but still A going. lot, so because it, I gave that one to you as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's, I, I don't even know if, I mean, that's all my 7HV flights, all the, I want to say, the 7HV was the first, so yeah, 700 class heli that motor went into. So yeah, all the 7HV flights, and then all the Protos flights, and then whatever abuse, whatever abuse, three thousand flights on it. I would say that's yeah, it definitely is probably right in there, accurate. So a lot of flights were still going. So threw that back in. That's what I did yesterday, and then today, as I was kind of going through and looking at the N seven, um, decided you know what, it looking at my just jumping ahead a little bit looking at my work schedule i'm getting completely bent over and screwed here in the next month so next week i'm going to be traveling to houston texas be there all week long uh, monday through friday come back it's thanksgiving come back the following week it's now looking like i may have to go to new york for work and so completely bent over i'm like you know what i'm going to tear this thing down and this is a perfect opportunity to do a little bit of 
just winter maintenance. Go through the bearings, check the you know tailcase bearings, check the torque tube bearings. Um, just go through the model in general. And in addition, this will be the first time getting that YS-96 back out of the helicopter and really turn that thing open and seeing and, and see, okay, is there any you know, internal wear? How does the ring look? I've, I've pulled the pipe and kind of looked in there at the ring, but really get you know a good look at all the internals of the motor and, and just see how's it wearing and, and what's the status of things. So I, I did start tearing that down this evening. Um, so a little bit more wrenching to go there to get that thing fully torn apart and then, you know, put together a parts list and go from there. So in addition to that, it was also kind of clean up the workbench area, you know, with the little bit of wrenching and some recent uh, car projects and other projects going on in the garage, just kind of get, get things back sorted. And one thing that I, I realized is I really want to this winter focus on I want to make my garage a little bit more usable you know I have a really nice work area out there I have a couple uh, one nice workbench which is a repurposed solid core door which you know makes for a really stout workbench and then another little table sitting next to that but it just it always feels a little bit limiting or maybe not ideally set up because anytime I'm working on helis you know it's still I got the toolbox sitting next to me or my field box sitting next to me with the lid popped up and I'm grabbing tools from over there. And it just, there's just a lot of back and forth and, and searching and, uh, and stuff like that. So what I've been kind of keeping my eyes open the, this last week looking for, I really want to get a set of cabinets to put above the workbench. So maybe, you know, five, six feet of some overhead cabinets. And then what that'll do is give me the ability to run some pegboard down to the bench top. And then, you know, deck it out with some LED lighting underneath the, the cabinets and just making it easier to work on, a little bit easier to see. And then the last thing to top it all off is I picked up some some heavy-duty casters that I really want to make my workbench mobile so that when I'm working on that 700-class heli, I can just, you know, slide it two, three feet away from the wall, spin the blades all the way around, or if I want to take it to the middle of the garage or wherever, just kind of drag it around and have all the power come with me have the workbench come with me and just make it kind of a, a more, uh, yeah, more, a more mobile workbench. So focusing, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks here, hopefully getting, getting some garage projects done and, and utilizing that space and making it a little bit more user-friendly and just, uh, easier to work in a little bit more efficient. So. Sweet, man. Yeah. Other, other than that, weather's not looking good this weekend. I'm flying out Sunday morning, so Sunday's screwed. Yeah, you know, staying positive. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Life's good. You've been thinking about it for quite some time. New charging case. You know you want to upgrade your charging options. For those of you that have been in the hobby for a while, you know who to turn to. For those of you that are just getting started, the answer is simple. Progressive RC. Not only will Dave and Robin at Progressive RC make sure you have an up-to-date charging solution, they will also help you stay within your budget, and on top of everything else, you will receive the best customer service in the industry. Progressive RC. Why settle for less? Head on over to ProgressiveRC.com. They've got everything. All right, Sage, I think that's you, man. Oh man, I've been 
trapped inside, looking out the window at uh, 68 degree weather all day long, Ooh. all week. It's completely atypical for our area to be this warm right now. No precipitation. It's just gorgeous. And it's dark before I go to work and dark when I get home. So no flying. No flying at all. It it It's tough to take when the weather's this good right now. But what do you do? I'm mostly playing the waiting game right now anyway. I'm waiting on bearings for the OS 91 that I'm rebuilding. I'm waiting on a kit from Compass. So, you know, sometime hopefully before the end of the year, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Compass time, baby. Oh, basking in it. But uh, I got it. all the... Next oh, year. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> yeah, next year. Christmas. <laughs> they get damn good and ready. Dude, and I can say that because I have been there, man. So <laughs> Oh, no, worry. I know. Hey, I've got the stuff. It's ready to go. There's a there's a clear spot on my bench. So when it gets here, it's just going to be nice because it'll be straight to it. And, you know, it, I, it's not going to be worrying about picking up any more parts. I'm not going to have stuff to order. Everything's ready. Everything's ready to stick in it. Everything's ready to go. Um, so I had a really weird thing going on with the OS 91 and I talked to Nick about it a little bit and I think we figured out what it was, but it was a total head scratcher for me. I, uh, I had it mostly dismantled and I had been playing with it and I turning the crankshaft over and watching the piston go up and down and just, you know, watching it function and it was it was you know it's fascinating to me and and so i start kind of pulling stuff apart i pull the carb off it and i pull the the uh the head off it and i pull the back plate off it and everything and and uh and then I, i'm just kind of playing with it and uh i gave the crankshaft just just a little bit of a tap to see if i could get it to move and i'm trying to dismantle this whole thing and then it would, didn't go anywhere, so I went, ah, it's in there really good. And I set the thing down and walked away from it. Didn't come back to it till the next day. When I picked it back up and I turned the crank over, the piston skirt was then hitting on the crank. And so it wouldn't even turn over all the way. And I was just baffled. Like, I couldn't figure out, you know, and I kind of halfway forgot that I had had tapped the crankshaft at all or anything. and And so I... And I messaged Keith, who I bought the motor from, and and said, "Hey, what do you know? What could be causing this? I mean, I everything looks fine. I've disassembled and reassembled this assembly like a million times, and I know it's right." And he just goes, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah because nitro." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," oh. <laughs> uh, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Sometimes you say, "Oh, because nitro." Yeah, that's that is a perfectly logical like explanation. Well, and I had been hanging out with hemp all at the fun fly and he had been messing with his nitro, the the one he had got from Dan. And so I shot him a message and I said, Hey, so I got this issue. What do you, what do you think it could be? And he's like, Oh, you either got it wet or fed it after midnight. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I got some real experts on my hands. <laughs> So, uh, no, but once I talked to Nick, you know, he, he said, nothing to worry about. It. Probably just move the crankshaft a little bit and it's 
causing a bind. And so when I get my new bearings and everything, I'll put it all back together and make sure it's working. But, It'll be fine. When you, yeah, when you're, sure. you don't really realize in the beginning that the crank's not, you know, without the whole hub, fan hub assembly and clutch and all that on there, it's, it's basically just sitting in the bearings and it runs such tight tolerances from there to the back of the button and the piston, the connecting rod that it, all it has to do is just slide back just a skosh. Yeah, and, and it had a little bit of in out play to it. I yeah, was, I was sure, that's what the, what it was. But yeah, no, I got some good laughs out of that though, and you know, got to feel a little silly, but it's all part of the learning experience, you know. That's right. Um, oh yeah. Well, Dan, you wanted to hear about my early I, days, huh? Yeah, because you know, over the over the number of years we've been doing this, all these stories that Nick and I and Jesse shared at some point in the past had probably been talked about before, but you're fresh. So I want to hear, I want to hear some of your horror stories from back in the the beginning. Well, I didn't have, I didn't have too many horror stories when I was very first starting out. I, everything, I can't say I went smooth because I crashed, you know, over and over again. But when I started I went the micro route and, uh, the first helicopter I bought for myself was a blade 120 SR, the micro fixed pitch fly bar, fly bar helicopter, the little blue one. Um, I think it's yellow. Is it yellow? It's like yellow and white. Yeah. yeah the the MSR, was, MSR the was the blue one, right? Yeah. The one tw- yeah. Well, um, and I I got to the point where I could hover this thing around in my kitchen pretty well. Always tail in. I, I could get it off the ground. I could hover it. I could land it. And I just, you know, my kitchen was small. I, I couldn't actually, I felt like I couldn't actually learn to fly in there. So I kept wanting to take that thing outside. And But every time I'd take it outside, it, it, where I live, it's almost always blowing at least five to eight miles an hour. It's just always windy. And, and when you try and fly that thing outside, it was the same exercise over and over again. You, you'd pick it up off the ground and it would start flying up and away <laughs> with the wind <laughs> up and away. So the, the whole thing with that helicopter was just bring it up, fight it, fight it. You always had like full elevator back towards yourself and it'd slowly be drifting away and it'd be <laughs> up to like. You know, 80 feet in the air and 100 feet away from you and you just hit throttle hold and it would slowly fall like a dead bird. (laughs) They do kind of fold up like a dead bird too. Yeah, you know, there's no one way in that thing. It it just, they just fold up and fall. They're pretty resilient. So usually, you know, you'd only break one or two little plastic parts. And, and, you know, I'd put it back together. But I, I pretty quickly moved to... Uh, probably within about six months of starting the hobby, I had got a Blade 450X. That was kind of like my first bigger helicopter. And I was super stoked because I had been simming. And so I could kind of, I could fly around with it a little bit. And I was just, I was so excited. And I I take it and I go out in my backyard with it because this thing's bind and fly. And that's exactly what I tried to do. I bound it right up and I kind of, 
you know, I read through the manual a little bit, took it out in my backyard, and I don't remember if they had flipped the main grips at the factory or or I had it backwards in my radio, but I had set up everything according to the manual. But something about, and that's why I'm thinking the pitch linkages were not quite right on the head because when I moved my collective up, it would gave it negative pitch. And so I wasn't looking for these nuances when I was still, <laughs> still young. Uh, pitch direction isn't important when you're just learning. No, <laughs> this is bind and fly. It's just doing, I, that's how it's supposed to work. So, but I was just, it was just baffling me why, you know, it'd spool up. I'd let it spool up in mid stick at mid stick and then I'd start to give it pitch and it just wouldn't leave the ground <laughs> and it just wouldn't leave the ground. But then I'd cut the throttle and I'd move the stick down and it'd hop up in the air. <laughs> like this seems counterproductive. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to figure out what was going on, but I got it figured out and I called like three of my buddies and I was like, all right, I got this helicopter. You guys have to check this out. Come with me. And so we go down to the local baseball diamond and I put the helicopter on top of the box that the helicopter came in to spool it up and fly from, because I felt like maybe it'd be better than the grass, but those boxes are just way too small and it immediately just, you know, those transient vibrations you get spooling up, vibrated it straight off the side of the box before it ever left the ground, bent, bent main shaft, bent spindle shaft, full audience. (laughs) I had just told them to make sure they stood behind the fence because these are dangerous machines and you never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Especially when I fly them. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I think that's enough uh, embarrassment for now, but... Oh, never enough embarrassment, man. Come on oh, now. I th- okay, I'll, gi- I'll give you one more. Excellent. The Blade, Blade 450X, this was like two months down the road, I'd fixed it, you know, I'd been flying it, and I was starting to do loops, and I was having so much fun doing loops. I was flying at this park... It was close to my house, and there's a basketball court, um, like kind of one of those old asphalt ones falling apart. Nobody ever really played basketball there, and I would use it as a launch pad. And so I was kind of standing at the back corner of this basketball court, and I had flown off of center court, and I was out kind of beyond the other side of it just doing loops, just continuously doing loops. And they start getting out of shape on me. And before I know it, I'm screaming towards myself on the backside of this loop, and I'm like frozen in fear. I don't know what's ha- I, I I don't know what's going to happen. This helicopter's headed straight for me, but luckily the basketball pole jumped right in the way and took both blades off about an inch from the root. <laughs> wow, that's got to dead- make a great sound. Bing! Oh. It, and then the sight of the the dead carcass of the helicopter just flopping over and sliding halfway across the basketball court to land, <laughs> to like rest about six feet away from your feet while you look at it. Just so sad because I'm pretty sure the blades had like three flights on them. 
My buddy Lynn, oh, this made me think of that. So my buddy Lynn's out there flying his Raptor 50, and he's out there doing some circuits, and he gets out and starts bringing it back at him, and he's just kind of like staring at it, and, and he gets in that new person. It's coming straight at me. Freeze. I'm frozen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you just like, it's coming in and it's coming in hot and like super, super fast. And it hits the ground about full speed, probably about 20 feet in front of him. And he used to do Taekwondo. He does the most incredible Taekwondo kind of flip jump thing in the air. As the heli goes cartwheeling underneath him. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he he lands on his feet, now facing backwards, looking at us. And there's this, this Raptor 50, you know, about 10 feet behind him, still sitting there just brrrr. <laughs> Running, and he looks. He everyone in the at the field is just like eyes are wide open, and the first thing out of his mouth, he's like, "Did you guys see that?" We're like, "Yes, we saw that." He almost freaking died. He goes, "No, no, yeah, but I landed on my feet." That's all that he cared about was that he landed on his feet. Nice. This is also the same guy who hit his own pickup with that Raptor 50 and, uh, yeah, bounced it off the roof of his truck as well. Nice. He no I longer flies. One time, uh, I was teaching Ed, flying with Ed, and I'm sitting next to him in my scooter, and we're out in the middle of the field in the middle of the day because we changed directions. Uh, based on where the sun is and he's flying a 500 and he's doing the exact same thing, flying it towards us. And he kind of goes into that uh, freeze and I'm like, Ed, and I'm like, Ed, Ed. And then all of a sudden I'm yelling Ed and at the same time diving off of my scooter. And I remember the machine, that. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. So I dive to the ground, and of course, that's not a good thing, right? That's not a good thing. And so I'm on the ground, and I'm like, shit, my back is just throbbing at this point. And I kind of roll over, and I look up, and there's a fucking 500 hovering about four feet above me. (laughs) (laughs) Saved it. (laughs) And and I'm like, like, what? I'm like, Ed, you land. What? Oh, Jesus, man, that scared the shit out of me. Land, not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying just like, get it away it. from me. Get it away from <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, geez. That was not a good day. I was very upset. <laughs> you were really mad when that happened. Yeah. I was that. because I, that, I mean, if I, if I have to dive to the ground with my back, then first of all, the situation was shitty that I, <laughs> I mean, something was really going wrong. And now I'm on the ground, and that's not a good position for me to be in. So anyway, but, you know, we uh, we got past it. So we've spent a little time going down memory lane. Maybe we should. Do we have any news? We, have, news? we have one news item. 
This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Bert Cameron put up a pretty interesting, interesting post on his Facebook page, and they've got it over on BK Designs as well. It's kind of like this. Uh, oh, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Like a, a a last chance sort of a deal? Not a last chance. Help me out here, someone. It's, like it's a, a public yeah. service announcement. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, call to arms, almost. Not an arms, but uh, call, yeah, to call to arms. Call to no, action. Like, call to action. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Way better. Bring your helis. Yeah. Kill the quad guys. No, I'm killing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So it, <laughs> what he's doing is he's basically, it's called Keep RC Helis Alive. And, um, you know, I'll let you guys, uh, the listeners, I'll let you guys actually read the whole thing. But he's trying to get people to start hashtagging pictures and stuff to get this um, kind of a movement of, you know, keeping RC Helis alive. Um, for, a, a, you know, as we all know, Parts of the hobby, I'm not going to say all of it, but parts of the hobby have slowed down quite a bit. We were up to a huge burst. They took a big hit. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. His perspective's probably a little bit different because he's a businessman. He's got skin in the game, whereas we just get to sit over here and, and laugh and make jokes. But, you know, I do know that it is it has been tough for a lot of people. So Bert's really trying to just get this message out there that, you know, this hobby, it really is what you make of it. You know, they went out to an air show. Him and Justin went out to a full-scale air show and donated their time and did demos. And, you know, there's a lot of things that rather than just sitting back bitching and complaining, there's a lot of things that we can do as hobbyists. You know, get get in touch with your, even the planker guy, Jesse and I, go do this you know we do our our civic duty once a year go out and do a demo for the plankers and scare everyone and yeah um i just did a you know demo not that long ago at a at the kids last day of school and stuff you know all of these all these kind of things they they really do make a difference getting kids into the hobby and and getting the word out there and it's I guess what it kind of stands for, it's like, let's almost make it back the way that it was. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's like, that's that's all the stuff that we kind of did before the big, huge blow up. You know what I mean? And uh, I think we just got to where we took everything so for granted because everywhere you turn around, it was just like helis, 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 helis. And now all of a sudden it's not helis, helis, helis everywhere. Um, so it's just kind of a movement for everyone to stick together and help promote the hobby as a whole and, uh, you know, put a positive light on it. And I think it's great. You know, it, it'll help all of the companies. It'll help all the manufacturers. And, um, yeah, just overall, anytime you can support the hobby and it doesn't cost anything to do and, and get the name out there, it's a great thing. So my hat's off, Bert, for, you know, there's a guy right there who is not just, sitting back and complaining about it, but who's actually trying to do something. Yep. Good things. And that's it. No, no, no other news this week. No news. 
No, uh, no, we didn't see too many responses from Urcha as far as their. Oh, uh, yeah, I can talk last. about that. It's not really news, but yeah, that thread that we discussed last week. They've they've popped back in there and said, you know, made a couple comments about that really they're just this has always been a rule and and they're just enforcing the AMA's rules, which I mean, I get that. Uh, I think where they really I think where they really screwed up is you know, adding on these little tidbit extras of very specifics like the DIY night blades and oh you have to have the tail fin illuminated. People really jumped on that. I think if they if they just would have stayed with the hey guys reminder we're going to start cracking down on it. You're not allowed to. They probably got could have got away with that and it would have blown over, but it I I brought up in that thread, I got involved with it a little bit that what about construction lights? And then it got brought up again, and then again, and again and again, and I finally just said, hey, you know, why is it that like 158 posts later, no one can tell us if it's actually okay to fly under construction lights or not, and it still got ignored. So I was a little disappointed in that. Um, the, the conversation in that thread seemed to stay fairly civil. Um, I really hope that bringing this up, AMA revisits the whole thing. And, you know, I'm I'm actually starting to, and, and here's Nick willing to admit, I'm starting to warm up to the whole spotlight flying. I wasn't a big fan of it at first. And again, I think it's because of like how it's done sometimes. Yes. A lot of the times that I have seen it, I've seen it done the sketchy way. <laughs> Hold my beer. Yeah. Here's my mag light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you got like one or two pen lights out there and it's like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Yeah. And, and and maybe not the, the most responsible pilots to begin with doing it. Um, so, th- so that kind of tainted my view on it. But, you know, I... I've been there and now have seen it when it was done very well, you know, with two multiple large spotlights and and it it's awesome, you know, and you really can see it. So I I think that AMA needs to be open to this and, and look at a at least getting this whole crap figured out with the DIY night blades and the exact requirements for the proper night flying rig. That's a bare minimum, but I think they need to kind of acknowledge, you know, Hey, maybe we don't have a clue what we're talking about, but we would like to learn and do a little bit of research. Uh, I think that they would really win over some people, even if they don't end up at least just, you know, put, put some effort into it into into looking at it again when you have so many yeah. people saying it's it's fine it's great um i um i would agree that my thoughts on spotlight flying based on that thread and some of the people's responses people who i know and respect some of the the points that were brought up has like you nick and i think we've said it on the show in the past we've we've 
we've said maybe not and not in we've come across as not in support of that but after reading through that and and listening to some reasonable arguments uh for the spotlight flying i i'm with you and that i think i've changed my view on that but i haven't looked at that thread for a few days but another thing i feel like they're ignoring uh and i could be wrong cuz i haven't looked for a few days was the comments about the de- the uh, do it yourself um night blades that that feels so arbitrary to me and mainly because i come from the part of the hobby back in the day when we used to build our own i used to fly woody blades that i built and that was an accepted practice well and we you all know what so only what really pisses almost. me off is so do they yeah they do they come from that era i mean that's their that's their era and and, and man i got to tell you if you're, I I got oh man, someone I don't know Ladong or Ladon or whatever that guy's name is, <laughs> <Let's> got, <laughs> got really oh. pissed at me because, uh, you know I brought up and hey, this is sorry, I'm a smartass. This is my job. It's what I do here. I brought up well, you know, hey, wait a minute. If you're gonna say that we aren't competent enough to do. DIY night blades, then, uh, you know, because they're not manufactured night blades, I think you need to look at the scale side of stuff. Because there's yeah, a read, real good this, majority yeah. of that that is all home built, you know? And what so. about the fact that we build our helicopters? Yes, exactly. So where, where do you draw that line? And, you know, my point was not to get. I have no problem with any of it. You know what I mean? Everyone takes a, a certain amount of responsibility when you pick your helicopter off off the ground. I mean, to be completely honest, I actually have a lot. I almost have more faith structurally in a regular blade with a DIY night kit on it myself because they're made and, I mean, the blades are flown every day, all day in much right. higher manufacturing quantities. And if there were problems, they would have been exposed earlier. But you figure, you know, like dedicated night blades, that company's whole production of night blades might only see, I mean, what, 200 flights a year, 300 flights a year. For all the ones that they sold, maybe 400 versus, you know, yeah, thousands and thousands. So, and we're talking about two blades here, lights on either blade. Guess what? One flies off. It still looks like a spinny glowing thing. (laughs) Like that's kind of how lights work when you spin them really fast. (laughs) So it really is a redundant setup. So there was just some really good points, and I hope, uh, you know, I I don't, I don't want my goal is not to go out and to bash AMA, and my goal is not to go out and bash Urcha. We just really need these people to be open minded, and think a little more along the lines of being open minded, and let's let's do some research. Yeah, let's have a discussion. Not make rules and wait to see how everyone reacts and then backtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, that that would be like 
Really cool. All right. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. So, yeah, this week we, um, I think, you know, we've used up a lot of time already, but I think, Nick, uh, on the whiteboard, you have, I think it's more of a fun topic, right? Yeah, it's, it is really coincidence that we had the discussion that we had because I wanted to know, and this was just a little side fun thing, but it's extremely related. We're talking about all these helicopters. I want to know, okay, now I need you guys to come up with a best and a worst. And this is this is airframe, but I, I want it for different reasons. Like, uh, I want you to tell me your best helicopter that you've had for maybe the one that flew the best. Um, I'd like to hear the one that was the most reliable. Uh, I would like to hear the one that you hated. I mean, Damn, hated. that's easy. That's, I got, I, that, that's they both, easy. They both popped into my head immediately. And then if you, maybe you have one that's kind of a love hate, like you love it, but you hate it at the same time. And then is there one that was just the biggest pile of junk? Absolutely possible. <laughs> so Dan, I really want to hear, <laughs> like, I want to hear, start, give me, Let's go with a, we got to do a sandwich on it. So what's the best flying helicopter? A line T-Rex 700N yeah. was the most, was the best airframe that I ever owned. The most reliable, 24 cases of fuel on one frame in one summer, no issues whatsoever. Just reliable, completely rock solid. Relink every couple weeks, <laughs> but that's, I mean, we're talking cases Part and of cases it. of fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking a lot of flights. That and was, for a nitro, that's good. We were, back in that particular time in my heli <laughs> hobby, I mean, I was at the field every morning. I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't working at the time. Every morning, had a recliner in my trailer. I mean, I was there all day long, radio, internet connection, on Skype, flying. I mean, that machine is the uh, the romantic era of the hobby for me. Those two machines. Loved them and think very fondly of them. Maybe wouldn't go back to them. It's, uh, you know, just because... The whole, I, it's not that I don't like nitro anymore, but the gassers have kind of replaced that uh, fossil fuel desire for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. But when it comes to frames, machines that I didn't, that, that I, and here, here's, a, it's kind of a catch 22. It's not really a, I don't think, I don't think the machine itself was bad, but I did not like it because it was way overcomplicated. And that was the Kasama. Yeah. 
beautiful piece of work. Mm, that's good. But my God, I mean, dude, there were frame side dampers. Got some <laughs> linkages on your linkages. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there you had to adjust the frame the the clutch bell frame side dampers. Who how do you do that? I mean, what's what's what, the procedure? Where's here? the Google for that? Yeah, don't right? don't forget to uh, align your frame stiffer dampers. Yeah, and, and then wait, wait, frame and stiffer then there were dampers? there were adjustments. I can't remember specifically, but it was like from zero to three, and you're like, um, let's go one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> because what the fuck, you know? And, and it was nice. I mean, it looked great. Uh, for a very expensive machine, I was a little disappointed that there was quite a bit of dremeling that needed to be done to reduce um, uh, fuel tank boiling because of the pressures that were in that were put on the fuel tank. Um, you know, it was a twelve hundred dollar airframe back in two thousand and nine. <laughs> you know, so two thousand ten, I think it was two thousand nine actually. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful machine that. Flew like shit because it was so overcomplicated. Uh, some guys really had luck um, with them. I didn't because, at the, you know, uh, I just didn't. Uh, it was at the, the level I was at in the hobby at that particular time. Just didn't. I do know that in the UK, the Kasama was very well received. And they used to have, I don't know if they, I haven't heard, they used to have Kasama owners fun flies. That's how popular they were. You know, 60, 70 people would show up. And it would all be kind of like Goblin does now with like Goblin days. Yeah. But I, I mean, so that was the, that's the one that sticks in my mind. I know you the, loved your 180. <laughs> I don't even consider those. <laughs> the machine that I wanted to love, but just was a pure straight up piece of crap and very expensive was the Bergen. Yeah. I, I wanted to love that helicopter so bad um bell cranks were made out of a lesser quality alloy that would just break i mean two or three times and i wasn't flying that machine i mean i was hovering that machine small circuits i would just go give it forward elevator and the elevator bell crank would break and it would be stuck in an attitude and just keep going (laughs) you know and and you'd you'd be forced gun You'd be forced to to uh, cut the motor, hit throttle hold, and just watch it. You know that twenty some pound helicopter gently fall to the earth like a folded up bird. A <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> little bit of an exaggeration, but that sucked. So yeah. I wanted to love that machine, you know, and it was a God. I, w- I want to say two thousand dollar airframe somewhere in there. I can't remember specifically. I, I spent a lot of money on that machine. Do you remember what, what airframe it was, what Bergen it was? It was the Bergen EB gasser, extended boom gasser. And it ran 850s? Ran 850s, yeah, because they he had two versions of that particular machine. Intre- Intrepid, I want to say. I don't remember. Intrepid EB. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just this, it wasn't, you know, because they had the, like the Observer and the Observer Twin and and a few others. This was just kind of the standard pod and boom, not really set up specifically for uh, anything other than um, 
just a just a hobby machine except i i got the extended boom version which allowed for 850 millimeter blades and um had to put a pound of lead at the nose to get at the <laughs> cg jeez <laughs> wow uh, that machine, I don't, you know, okay, pure speculate. Oh, well, yeah. This is what I've been told. Don't know how much truth there is to it, but essentially the Bergen machine is a clone of the old, old um, miniature aircraft machines. Because I, the way it was explained to me, and take it for what it's worth, don't know, didn't investigate it. Um, Bergen used to make parts for MA back in the day, you know, in the 80s. So basically it was a, and I don't know if you can even get, I know Bergen has switched to uh quadcopter stuff. Don't know. I haven't looked if they even sell helicopter stuff anymore, but that is an Actually, old, they do. do they really? Was, Cause they still, I was have they, have they switched the other to day. a, are, are they still doing the mechanical mix? Is it still a, uh, one servo, their 90 website, degree servo? Their What's website. That? I, they haven't updated their website since 1998. I don't think the helicopters have gotten much of an update either. Yeah, I would imagine not. <laughs> anyway, it, it was what it was. That's the machine that I wanted to love, but just really didn't have. Good. And there was one other, one other one, Nick. What was the last one? Um, that was just a total pile of junk. That was it. That was that the was one. that one. Yeah, the third and the yeah. love hate. That kind of the well, same one. You you kind of lumped in your overall flight performance. I mean, but the t- did the T Rex fly the best out of yes. uh, out of all of them? Well, it flew the best because that's the one that I really spent a lot of time. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, that's when yeah. when I started. That's the one that really opened up my limited flight envelope, and that's the one where I really started kind of focusing on tuning fly barlesses and 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 trying to get a better performance out. So. From a flying perspective, that those two machines were they were my cornerstones for a long time. Haven't haven't really. I, I think the five seventies really kind of creeping up on on on. You know, when you think about probably think reliability, about those, yeah, definitely. And when you think about those machines that you really absolutely loved in your past, that 570 is going to rank up there with, yeah. with the, with the nitro 700s. Hmm. But, nice. uh, yeah. Sweet. Jesse. Yo. So for, it? so let's okay, go so, flight performance. Which one? F- yeah. So, so, so best overall flight performance, I am going with the Protos, believe it or not, but a little bit of a caveat with that. And and this is I I don't want this to lead down a huge rabbit hole discussion and whatnot, but I, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts briefly. So the the reason I selected the Protos is you know, it's it's a helicopter I have right now. You know, we we're continuously getting better at tuning. We're constantly getting better flybarless technology, um, and I I think it's safe to say that the helicopters just keep flying better and better and better. So it's like I, I'm just sitting here thinking. Man, what if I could take you know my current V bar, all the way updated firmware, current V control, and go back and put that on the seven HV, put that on the Kronos, or heck, even go back to the Fusion Fifty? Would that, you know, trying to separate the airframe 
from the leaps in flybarless technology that we've seen. So I don't know, just, just kicking that around. Do you guys think th- that's a fair assessment? Can we even, I don't know, can you even really compare them apples to apples in, in my mind anyways? Yeah, I feel like you kind of, but I do, I guess I give my decisions this- a little bit of, a little bit of leeway on that. Cause, it, cause it's like this, this new, you know, the, the new firmwares of the, the new V bar is just, man, they just, they, they, they all seem to fly so great. So just kicking that around. But anyways, so best flight performance, the Protos, if you're to lump kind of transition that slightly to the most reliable helicopter for me, that obviously has to go to the seven H V thousands of flights, minimal maintenance, you know, only wrenching on the thing when I crashed and Obviously, I don't eat. There's probably 75 episodes in a row where you could hear me go, Oh, I got 25 flights in on the 7HV and didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I crashed. Now I had to do some wrenching, you know, sort of thing. So that one just definitely sticks out in my mind as a uh, uh, most reliable helicopter, just sheerly based on the number of flights I got on it. And I, I wouldn't say it flew, it, it flew bad. It's just, with the recent advancements and how the you know how the machines are going and how the flybarless stuff's going, I think the Protoss does top it a little bit though, as far as flying goes. Now, do you have one that's like a love hate relationship? Definite. Well, I would say maybe not one helicopter, but maybe like a a class of helicopters or a a <laughs> fuel type of helicopters. Because <laughs> no matter how hard they try, man, the the nitro, uh, specifically, I, I want to say. Probably the the T Rex seven hundred um, would be my the one that sticks out the most as the love hate relationship. But really, just in general, I think all of them because they fly so well. I really love the disc loading. I really love the power delivery, um, and they're just freaking cool. I mean, helicopter making smoke. The whole just the appeal of the combustion engine on the helicopter. Um, so that obviously drives the love part, but then you got increased maintenance, the oil, the cleaning, you know, everything all over all the parts, all over the truck, all over freaking everything, bringing gallons of fuel back and forth to the field, having bolts, screws, and whatever else just randomly fly out. And, <laughs> you know, the, the list goes on and on. So, I really don't want to single out a specific heli, um, but you know the the nitro class in general definitely brings that that love hate. But the love is strong, and so that's why they're still in the fleet. <laughs> <laughs> Have you I mean, had the, one that's just like a total pile of crap? So I, I was thinking about this one, and the the only one that I could really, and it was just based on flight characteristics. Um, that sticks out in my mind. It was a long time ago. Was that T Rex five hundred with the Align three G? Yeah. Fortunately, it's probably the Align three G. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> that made it seem like a pile of crap, but um, that would probably be the one that that sticks out the most. Not, you know, I put a bunch of bunch of flights on it, crashed it a ton. That, like I said, that was one of those where after I drove it in real hard. I decided, you know, I think I'm going to go over and make the leap over to Flybarless. So you got trying to learn to tune. What do all these gains mean? And 
um, all that stuff. So that one definitely sticks out in my mind though, to fit that, that mold, but kind of, kind of on the other hand, looking at it from a slightly different perspective, also like, you know, my progression through the hobby and we kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, going from the 250 to the 450 to the 500. It's kind of like, you know, I'm sure we all had that helicopter. That was a piece of junk, but at the time thinking back, it's like, and we were just moving through the hobby. It's what we could afford to fly. It's what we could afford to build and just, you know, working our way up through the ranks up to that, those, uh, those larger helis. So. Yeah. Sage. Yeah. What about you? Best overall flight performance. I, I, it's actually kind of tough because I had a six HV for a while and it's, I'm, I'm almost too far removed, I think, from it to make a, like a really good objective decision. Um, but I remember loving how that helicopter felt. It was the first helicopter of that of any you know bigger than a 450 I'd ever even seen in real life, and uh, and I remember liking it a lot. But I I think I got to give it to the 7HV just because it's the only 700 I've ever owned. It's the only helicopter I've ever owned that flies as well as as it does. Um, so yeah, for, I, I gotta give it to the seven HV for that. Now, what about the most reliable goblin 500? Ah, that little freaking thing was so rock solid. I never had to do the only time I, I ever put a wrench to it ever was building it and rebuilding it. Never had issues. It never had problems i uh it it i I think i only crashed it once maybe twice total the entire time i had it it probably got 500 or so flights on that thing over two and a half seasons and it it's just rock solid rock solid nice now has there been one i know there has been for you actually (laughs) A love-hate relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warp 360. <laughs> I knew that I, was it. <laughs> I love that helicopter. I love how it flies. Uh, it, for its size, personally, and especially um, because, you know, I, ever since I've talked about it on here and since it, we've talked about it really at the end of the summer, Nick, I, um, I was having problems with the stretch. Well, early this spring was when I first started the stretch project and I ran it for probably 40 flights issue free stretched and that warp 360 on 380 millimeter blades. It, it, it's one of the best. It, it's, it's so fun to fly. The disc loading is super light. Uh, the rigid head, it's just so responsive. It's, it's so fun to fly, but when something goes wrong on that thing, it's like you need a forensic team to help you break it down <laughs> and figure out exactly what's going on. And it's not exactly like a super fun helicopter to work on just because the way it's engineered is just, it, I, I Dude, personally it sucks. <laughs> it sucks to work on. It sucks to work on. Especially, you know, there's a couple little, little tricks and stuff for changing servo gears, you know, uh, but but no matter what, if you have to pull servos in that thing, it, there's screws that are hard to get to. There's screws that you can't get to unless you completely remove a different assembly. So 
yeah, that that's where the love hate comes in. It's I don't find it pleasurable to work on, but it it's pleasurable enough to fly when it's flying well to keep me coming back. Yeah, that's fair. Have you had one that's just a total pile? You know, I I can't say like right out of the box. Yeah, the one twenty, that little one twenty. But I mean, I I think it served its purpose. So, I um. My dad was kind of getting into the hobby at the same time I was at the start. And I found a deal when Blade, um, when Horizon was closing out all the Blade 453 um, D. What was it? A ready to fly kit. So it came with a Blade 453 D and a DX6 I. And it was all ready to go. The blade was programmed in the in the transmitter. It was all ready to go, and I I had was already fairly proficient flying around, and so we didn't have a buddy box setup going, which was our first mistake. So we were playing this game where I'd get the helicopter off the ground and in a hover up in the air, and I'd hand the transmitter to my dad. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, You're yeah. brave. Oh yeah. And uh he'd kind of tool it around a little bit, you know, and then he'd start to get himself in trouble and he'd hand me the radio. Here, 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 here. Fix it, fix it. <laughs> I don't even know if I would do that like mm-hmm. we'd barely do that between us now. Oh, I'm not advocating it. And if I could go back in time, I'm not sure I'd do it again. Did but that with it, it a few times, yeah. It 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 was a 450, lower head speed, wooden blades. I mean, we, it, we were flying it far away. You know, they, they have a few acres, and it, it really didn't feel unsafe. It felt unsafe for the helicopter, for sure, but not for us. It, but what ended up happening to that helicopter is it got put down in a panic in a canal. And... I ended up going in after it and pulling it out and we, you know, we resuscitated everything the best we could. Um, but it just, it never flew right again. We replaced, I think all the electronics in it and we replaced yeah, I th- most pieces part by part and we just never get it flying good again. Turned hmm. it into a pile of junk. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess that's me then. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, wow. Best overall flight performance. I am going to give that one to a wow. And I've got a couple of helis that could fit in either of these categories. Most reliable. I'm going to give to the 570. That one has just blown me away. Um, at the reliability on it. Now with the if I'm going to give one to a Nitro for most reliable, Synergy N5C, no question. That thing was amazing. And I'm going to put it right there up on my flight performance characteristics too. I loved that helicopter. Still the way by far the best 50 class Nitro ever made. High on my list of most awesome Nitros. Even including 700s. I love that heli. Love it, love it, love it. 
Um, yeah, flight performance, I kind of have to give to the 570 just because of how easy, I mean, how easy it tunes and in the big range of it. Um, love-hate relationship, oh, that's a, <laughs> you know, originally, it's funny, we've had these notes up here to talk about for about three weeks now. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's the T-Rex 700 Nitro. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, I loved it. I mean, when it was on, it was on. But I had the clutch out of that thing, doing the the bladders, right? So every 10 flights, it's flying. And then just pop a bladder, and you'd auto it down. And kind of like, it was a huge pain in my ass. But it, it, when it flew right, it flew really, really right. But then I remembered my Goblin Nitro. So there is no question I am giving my love-hate relationship to the Goblin Nitro. I want to love it. I really want to love it. But so far I have, and and not particularly airframe. I'm not blaming the, I'm just blaming the overall experience. That one has not good. Not good at all. <laughs> Total pile of junk. Um, I, you know, I'm going to give it to this heli. People are going to go, oh, what? But not many people had to experience this. And thank God. Um, the belted version of the e Synergy E7 was horrible. I mean... Horrible, real bad. Like we were, uh, you'd you're snapping belts in twenty flights, and it, it was just a it was a really miserable experience. Now since it's gone to torque tube, obviously it's in a, the rest of the helicopter was great, and uh, I mean, yeah, uh, no complaints. But that particular when they launched it with the belt it was just an absolute nightmare um so that one was close but no other helicopter did i have more problems with than the original miniature aircraft 700 electric that thing was a pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> The the whiplash? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. I mean, just, oh, my God. Yeah, it was a pile of shit. It was horrible. Lots and lots and lots of problems. Torque tube gears and the one way and, oh, my God. If it wasn't this, it was that. And Yeah, not good. <laughs> wasn't wasn't a, Was not a fun time. And that's it. I just wanted to go back over, see if we could... Go back and yeah. and remember it kind of worked out well with the, the discussion at the beginning, going back <laughs> down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Sure. So we don't really have time to get to it this week, but I I um I'm hoping we get to it next week and I, I just kinda wanted to we have a, a listener question from, from Chad and I kinda wanted uh Jesse or Justin to be here. Uh, for do you have that? You do you have a or that in your queue for next week, uh, Nick? Do you, that you're aware of? 
Uh, yeah, I actually, I think I actually have two. I got one other one that I missed okay. a little while ago. So yeah, and, we will. We'll and do the only that reason next. I bring that up is because I got I um I he sent me a message and I, I just said we couldn't get it worked in last week and we were gonna work it in this week. Uh, Justin at the last minute had uh some work commitment stuff, so it it's it's in the works. Um, just just a heads up. Uh, another thing that I want to bring up before we head out of here. Because I know we've been, all of us have been getting a lot of emails concerning the actual getting the podcast, either you know through iTunes or other other pod uh, catchers. Um, we are working on that problem with Larry, and we hope to have it resolved in the next two weeks. So bear bear with us while we're going through that particular growing pain. One thing, and and I, I'm going to bring this up, and it's probably premature, but I just want to put it out there, and we will definitely let everybody know uh, if this is going to happen. We may need to change our feed. What does that mean? That means if you subscribe through iTunes right now, typically I know we're having issues now, but that's because of the limitations of the server we're on. If we, if it comes to be that we need to change the feed, what that means is we're going to lose a good portion possibly of the iTunes subscriptions. Not it's, we, we don't feel it's a big deal, especially if we prepare everybody and let everybody know, I, I don't, I'm emphasizing that may not happen. I'm just bringing it up to kind of put it out on the table uh, so you guys are aware of what's going on. We will know more soon. Uh, have some emails into iTunes, and in particular, I'm in communications with the people that deal solely with podcasts within the iTunes world. So hopefully we can work this out to where it's seamless. And chances are that's what's going to happen. Just want to kind of give everybody a heads up. May not happen. Yeah, we, we just want to take the time, you know, with now it's kind of like our, our off season, um, you know, with the server getting to the point where we're maxing everything out, it was like, you know, if we're going to have to kind of do a bigger overhaul of the stuff on the back end, now would be the best time right. to do it. And, you know, we want to make Larry's job as easy as possible because he donates so much of his time and we're trying to plan for the future. So, you know, rather than just kind of patch and patch, it's like, well, why don't we really take... Just, just do it right. Yeah, let's just take a little bit of time to... And and he's doing an amazing job of, you know, it, it's really unique. It's a, it's a very unique setup. We've had some people say, well, why can't you just do this? It's, it's shockingly complicated for being just a <laughs> dumb toy helicopter podcast. On the, on the backside of it, but we're what we're the reason we want to do it is we want it to be timeless. You know, we're trying to set it up to where it, it, it'll be up there forever. You know, and uh, so yeah, now, I mean, we got to kind of 
go through the speed bumps for a little bit. We do. And this is one of those bumps. And, and just, just to kind of, you know, when this was all started, none of us really knew, you know, Rob and I, we didn't know what we were doing. And, uh, you know, and to be honest with you, we still really don't. I, I mean, I know that I rely, you know, so much on, on guys like Larry and Nick to kind of, kind of walk because when it comes to computers i you know this but anyway here, here's the deal so we started this passwords passwords when we you know when, when rob and i started this uh the the feed thing we didn't know i mean we're like oh okay yeah well, here, here's a feed and you know we didn't know there's a you can get different feeds we didn't know any of this so we just kind of rolled into it without really thinking about or, you know, getting the advice or seeking out the advice of, of people who had done this before, uh, for this particular, you know, for growth and future expansion and not really knowing what RCHN would turn into. Uh, so at this juncture, it seems to me that every year, year and a half, we go through some major issue that's causing us to change servers. We, we've been kicked off. In the past, this will be our third server where they're just like, hey, you know, you guys, we've done business with you for a while and it's been great, but you guys are stressing our systems out. So, you know, either pony up and start paying an extremely higher price or unfortunately find a, a different service. So we want that to stop. And every time we do that, it's like we have to dig into the history and remember accounts and remember passwords and that's my weakness right so <laughs> we we want to we want to fix this I, I, I personally i want this to be the last time now we may need to migrate to another server eventually i, I don't know but as far as the feed goes we need a more you know robust i don't i don't even know if that's the right word but we need it to be more foolproof. And that's what we're going to do. So it may interrupt some subscriptions, hopefully not. The phone call I had today seemed fairly positive with iTunes. It's just that she was like, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can do this, but I'm, I'm not the authority. Here are the people you need to talk to. So they don't have a direct phone number for, for customers. It's an email-based service where you talk to them through email until they deem it's reached a level to where they actually need to talk to you in person, and then they give you a call. So that's what we're going through now. Should be fixed in the next two weeks. For Larry's sake, I hope it is, because what what's happening is the servers are, are uh, not allowing. They're essentially shutting down, and they need to be reset uh, because of demands. Uh, requests for the show and it's, you know, iTunes gets updated and all those demands, all those requests have to be fulfilled and that's what's causing issues. And that's why some of you are having uh, problems getting the show in a timely manner. And you may have to, you know, check back in a day or whatever to see if the servers have been reset. So all that out of the way, that's what's happening. We apologize. We will get it sorted out and, this time we're going to get it sorted out to where it doesn't happen again. We hope <laughs> so, that's enough of that. And again, 
you know, a huge thank you to Larry. You guys don't, I don't, and I don't even know that we can appreciate the time that he's putting in to, to make sure that we're able to get the show out. And we want to take that burden off of his shoulders as soon as we can. And, uh, Larry, thank you for doing what you do. And, and, um, it's a huge help to us and we hope to get this resolved soon. Other than that, we should probably get some emails out of the way. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you would send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com or catch me on the Facebook at nicklandrchn. How about you, Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com or catch me on the Facebook as well. You guys are getting old, too. You're making me feel special. How about you, Sage? Uh, You can email me at sage, S-A-J-E, at rchellynation.com or catch me on L Facebook or uh, Razor Sharp on Helifreak. If you guys wanted to get a question or comment off to Justin, you could do that at Justin at RCLNation.com. He's also uh, on Facebook, respectively. You should be able to find him there fairly easy. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCLNation.com or Dan K. Reed on Facebook and the forums. If you have a question about your citizen registration or maybe you want to do a hat or a hoodie, you could send those questions to Ken at RCLNation.com. And uh, did you any other quick announcements you guys need to make before we head out? Here? Uh, I think next week we're going to do another citizen giveaway. Excellent. Yes. All righty, oh. guys. Oh, one more. I do have one more quick one. Uh, we will have uh, the awesome guys, Mark and Keith. They've got. They're going to do two trailer videos for us. We have one short one out for the sponsors as a way of saying thank you um, to MKS and Hobby Wing for supporting RCHN4. So you guys will be seeing that one very shortly. And then they're working on some crazy other big, huge one that's going to be like a, a super cool. We've got some, oh man, they've got, they did a, a, a spoof song that I heard. It's. <laughs> yeah. They're getting into it, so it's going to be pretty cool. We'll be bombing you guys for some stuff. We're just kind of saving it right now and dispersing it um, to keep our itches scratched through the winter. Excellent day. All righty, guys. This has uh, been episode, I forgot already, 256? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you guys in the morning. Hey, come over here behind this trailer. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, Superiosity, and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Yeah.